Hello and welcome to the Life Church Audio Podcast. We hope that you find these messages encouraging, life-giving, and ultimately get you closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Happy New Year 22 and hello 2023. Happy New Year. May this year be filled with God's love, His purpose, and His promises for your life. Let's also be known for our love for God and our love for one another. Remember, like it's written in John 13, it says, A new command I give you to love one another. And everyone will know that you are my disciples by the way you love each other. Man, that's an awesome scripture. And may that be an anthem for us this year. Actually, may it be an anthem for your life. Okay, just a couple of announcements before we get started today. First of all, you gotta get connected this year in a life group. It's pretty awesome. And it's starting up very soon. So you need to go sign up for one that's near you. Click the link below for more details on when it's starting and how you can get connected. Then if you'd like to give towards what God is doing in and through Life Church, you can do that very easily by going to our website and give online, or you can even send an e-transfer to donate at thisislifechurch.com. Now let's remain faithful in our tithes and in our giving, and let's also always be thankful that we actually get to partner with God in that way. Now next week, January 8th, we are back in person at church and we are excited. So make sure that you're there if you live here in the Lower Mainland row. Otherwise, you can join in at 10.30 every week online. Okay, let's worship together and then we'll get into the word with Pastor Andreas. There's honey in the rock, water in the stone, man on the ground, no matter where I go. I don't need to worry now that I know. Everything I need, you've got. There's honey in the rock. Praying for a miracle, thirsty for the living well. Only you can satisfy. Sweetness. Now I've tasted It's not hard to see Only you can satisfy There's honey in the rock 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 Freedom
Life Church, thank you for joining us on this New Year's Day. Uh, I hope that you've had an amazing time with your family and you've had an amazing Christmas. I want to share with you a, a message this morning, and the title is Make Time Count. Make it count. Now, we all love the idea of a brand new start. And a new year for a lot of us, most of us, represents exactly that. What I've noticed, though, is every time we get to a new year, is that we say the same thing every year. Every year, most people say the following, man, I can't believe it's already 2023. Every stinking year we say, I can't believe how fast that went. Now in our culture, for those of you who don't know, every January 1st begins the rotation of the earth around the sun. And that takes exactly 365 and a third day. Exactly. Or 8,765.8 hours. That's how much unspent time you have ahead of you this year so that you don't have to say next year again, man, that went so fast. Some of you have already filled out your calendars for this next year. Some of you, you've already scheduled some appointments for this upcoming year. You are very planned, very administrative, and you are looking ahead. You've already made plans and you've written those plans down. But what I've discovered is, is that counting time is not nearly as important as making time count. So how? 
How are you going to live the next 8,765.8 hours? What decisions are you going to make? What vantage points are you going to set yourself up with? Well, there's questions that we're going to see in the text that we're going to look at today where, where God is asking these questions of a woman and her name is Hagar. And the questions that God is asking her is the following. Where are you going? It's a question that I ask of you today. Where are you going? On the one hand, you can answer that question. And on the other hand, we most definitely don't have a clue how to answer that question. So the angel of the Lord asked Hagar two questions. The first question um, was, where are you going? And then the second question is, where are you coming from? Where have you come from was the first one. And the second one, sorry, is where are you going? Now, I'm going to ask you three questions based on the text that we're going to read today. Those two questions and then the third question based upon the revelation that the angel gave Hagar. I'm going to ask you another one. So for our outline's sake, here are the questions. Questions for you. If you want to write this down, you can write this down. Where have you come from? Second question where are you going? And third question, what can you expect in this new year? So let's read the passage. Genesis 16 from verse 1. If you have Bibles, you can turn there. I'm going to read it for you. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, her name will be called Sarah later on. And that's probably what most of us remember her name by being Sarah. Now, Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, See now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abraham heeded the voice of Sarai. Then Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband Abraham to be his wife after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarah said to Abraham, my wrong is upon you. Boy, Abraham was like, but this was your idea. I don't, anyway, bad day for him in the house. But she goes, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord's judge between me and you. So Abraham said to Sarai, Indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And then Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her, from her presence. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, and by this spring on the way to Shur. And he said to Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from? There's our first question. And where are you going? Our second one. And she, she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress. So she runs away from home and we continue in verse 9. And the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. And then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for a multitude. They, they, they would be so great that we can't count them. And then the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, 
You are with child. You're pregnant. You're going to bear a son. You will call his name Ishmael because the Lord had heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. And his hand shall be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. She called him, you are the God who sees. For she said, I also have seen him who sees me. Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Beret. And that doesn't help many of us because we don't know the map, but it doesn't matter. So Hagar bore Abraham a son, and Abraham named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abraham. Now, now just a note before we get into the outline. Sometimes in Scripture, you will discover that God asks questions of people, which is kind of weird, right? Like, why would God ask questions? Because He's God. Now, I want to show you, it's not because God wants to get schooled. It's not like God needs the information, is going to get it from something that he created. God asks the question typically to jog the memory or the experience of the person that he's asking the question from. And here, in this passage, there is an interrogation meant to stir up a contemplation that will lead to transformation. And that's what God wants to do for you also, an interrogation of questions today that is meant to stir up in you a contemplation that will lead to transformation. God wants to change Hagar's heart and the way she sees life. So I'm going to use God's technique and ask questions of all of you, of all of us. And those questions are, where have you come from? Where are you going and what can you expect? Now, let's begin with the first one. Uh, where have you come from? Now, asking that question, um, it was designed to get Hagar to identify her past. And notice what she says. After the angel said, well, where have you come from? Where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. So she is called to look back from where she came from so that she can get in touch with that experience, with the pain, yes, Sometimes with a misunderstanding, sometimes with oppression. And she says, I'm running away from home. I'm leaving all the mess that I came from. Now, usually it's dangerous to tell people, and we do a lot of counseling. It's dangerous to tell somebody to look backwards. Mostly we tell them to fix your eyes forward. But it's healthy if it's a glance, not a fixed gaze, but a glance. To glance backwards in order to go forward means that we quickly get our bearings again, our orientation, to make sure that we are not running in circles. I'm not identifying the same things over and over again. I am making progress. I am moving forward. So as you glance back over this past year, have a glance, a quick snapshot. What was it like? I can answer that for some of you that don't know. I bet you had a mixed bag of experiences. Some good. Some not so good. Some great. Some not so great. Some encouraging things happening. Some discouraging things happen. Some ups, some downs. It was a mixed bag. Some, some of you, when you glance back, as you glance back, 
both man's unfaithfulness and God's faithfulness is seen at the same time. And I hope that this scripture of Romans 8 will frame your life. It says, we, Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes. That's probably your glance backwards. Now, some people might ask, answer the question, where, where do you come from? They might answer it literally, like the time, knowing, naming the town. I come from this little city. Or relation, relationally, I come from a broken home. If I glance back, where I come I come from a broken I come from a broken marriage. I come from stained relationships. Emotionally, I come from a difficult situation. Others might answer the question medically. I come from a hard year medically from lots of doctor's appointments. And I've been given not so good prognoses. It hasn't been a good year. That's where I've come from. Wherever you come from, my question to you is this. Will you let God be the God of your past? Will you allow God to be the God of where you come from? to sort through all the rubble of the past year and use that somehow for your highest good and for his glory. The glance helps us going forward. And that's the principle we find in Philippians 3.13. Paul writes, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before I press towards the mark of the goal of the high calling of Christ Jesus. Don't let the past so influence your present that you are paralyzed. There's a great story about Thomas Edison in 1914, December 1914. His laboratory in New Jersey was burned to dust. There was nothing less left. So Thomas Edison, the next day after it burned down, is walking through the rubble and basically just looking at, at everything that's been destroyed. And you think that, that he would be somewhat devastated because most people, when they walk through everything that they've worked on being burned to the ground, they, they would be a little bit sad and upset and devastated. And he's walking through it and he turns to one of his assistants and he smiles and he goes, there is great value in destruction. He said, all your mistakes are burnt up. Isn't that a great perspective? All the mistakes that I've made that people don't know about, they'll never know about it now. All your mistakes are burnt up. So you want to have a great new year? Forget about last year. Give it to God and found out, find out what God is going to do for you in this next year. So have a glance. Where, where do you come from? Make God the God of where you come from. Not the thing, but make God, God over where you come from. So that's our first question. The second question, where are you going? This is contemplating your future. The angel calls Hagar to do that also. In verse 8, he says, um, Hagar... Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? So if, if I were to ask you right now, hey, where are you going this year? You can't answer that exactly. You can't predict that precisely. You don't have a clue specifically. And not knowing the exactness of it drives some people absolutely crazy. 
Because every year about this time, I watch people trying to get as many expert predictions as they possibly can get. What is the money market going to do in 2023? What's the home rates going to be in 2023? Where should I invest in 2023? Um, what should I do with my finances? What should I do with my health? Is there anything I should, should change? They're doing whatever they can to help them to try and make decisions for the future. Now, many people run to horoscopes, some people run to psychics, some people run to psychos, uh, just to get just any guess to help them to plan for what's coming ahead. Now, by the way, th this is not something new, just so you know. It's happened in ancient times and it's happened through the thousands of years that we've been alive. The Greeks used to have people that they called oracles. And an oracle would be somebody who would consummate with gods, communicate with gods, um, and, and then they would give people the information that they received. Usually they would be under a hypnotic state or drug-induced state, and they would get in touch with the gods. They would deliver this message of the gods, and then the people would consult the oracles, and then they feel that they can plan better for the future. But as we come to this, as we look to the future, we don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know that God holds tomorrow. We don't know what the future holds. But we know that God holds the future. And that's where we should rest. Somebody once said an optimist will stay up New Year's Eve to welcome the new year in. A pessimist will stay up New Year's Eve to make sure that the old one goes away. I believe as Christians and Christ followers, we will go home. We will get a good night's sleep because we know God is in control. So we glance backwards so that we might go forward and then... The only way to do that is if we gaze upward. So now the angel of the Lord lays down some future revelations to Hagar. This is where you're going. Hagar, let me tell you what you can expect of the future. In verse 9, the angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress, submit yourself under her hand. So after the two questions are asked, after the interrogation comes the revelation. This is what you can expect. Now, what I'm going to do is broaden out what is just read so that you can catch the principles. There are four principles here. There are four principles that you can expect in your new year. Number one, you can expect God is going to be with you in the next year. He is with you. He is going to be with you. Some of you go, oh, Andreas, that's not really a new revelation. I kind of know that. I, I, I kind of know that God is with me. I knew that when I started listening to it. But here's the thing. Let's remind ourselves of this consistently. Let us remind ourselves of this promise. In verse 10, the promise is, I will, I will. Now that's a personal interaction. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord says, or in effect, the Lord says, the Lord has heard your affliction. Now Hagar had, if she had any misgiving at all about the Lord hearing her, those just went away. She has come from a painful situation. She's probably poured out her heart to God like many of you have done. She's cried out. She's complained. 
And she might even think, maybe God isn't hearing me. Now she knows that that is not true. God just got closer. She just discovered through this revelation that the Lord heard it all. The Lord heard all your grief. In verse 14, where she says, she says, I have seen him who sees me. So I'm now discovering God hears me. Hagar discovers that God hears and he sees. And all of this speaks about proximity. You have to be close enough to a situation in order to see and to hear. Here's what I want to say to all of you listening to this. There is nothing you will experience in this coming year that God doesn't hear or see. He is your God, your Father who sees. He is your God who hears. And you can expect His presence with you, no matter what it is you're going through. Number two, you can expect not only that God will be with you, but you can expect that God will be honest with you. He'll be with you. But he wants to be honest with you. Let's look at verse 12. Very interesting. The angel of the Lord describing her son um, that she's pregnant with. He will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. No, no, no. That's not what mommy wants to hear. Those are not the things you want to hear about your boy that's about to be born. She wants to hear that he will be liked. Your son will be loved. Your son will become a famous doctor, an awesome lawyer, a great influencer, or an artist. He's going to be loved by any, everyone. Rather, the angel of the Lord says, no, no, no. He's going to be wild. What's happening? God is being honest with her. God is honestly, accurately predicting the future. In your future, expect... Expect that God will be present with you and expect that God will be plain spoken to you. Well, how do you know that? Well, if you read your Bible at all in this coming year, expect that God will be honest with you in there. You'll find that the Bible is very, very honest. If you don't want the, tr the truth, don't read your Bible. If you want the truth, you'll get it. God will give it to you but it won't always be easy to hear. So you can expect that God will be with you. You can expect that God will be honest with you. And here's number three, the third thing to expect. God will command you. In the honesty of revelation, you will find commands in the scripture. Look at verse nine. Here's one command to her. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Don't you think that's the last thing that she wanted to hear or the last thing that she wanted to do? Go back and place yourself again under the oppression. Go back to the place of cruelty and of harassment and of pain. Go do that. That's the command. But what did she do? She did exactly that. She went back. You're going to discover God will be with you. God will be honest with you. And God will give you commands that you will... Some point, maybe you'll decide, yeah, I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. Or I am going to obey. And, and let me add another layer to this. I don't think you will ever experience the presence of God like you should until 
You, com- you obey his commands and his instructions. Because why would he get closer to you? Or why would more of him be revealed to you if you don't do what he tells you first? So you can expect God will be with you. God will be honest with you this year. God will give you commands, instructions. And fourth and final thing, you can expect that God will bless you. He will bless you this year. Some of you are thinking, why Why didn't you start with that one? Because if I only talked about that, I'd be lying to you. All those others are true as well. But God will bless you. He promises to bless you. Look at the blessing to her in verse 10. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly. That's blessing so that you will not be able to count the multitude. Notice the angel of the Lord didn't say, I will add. He said, I will multiply, multiply. That's blessing. Okay, now I want you to follow um, this little principle. The instruction was to go back and submit, right? The Lord said, I'm going to take away your your independence for a while. I want you to go back, uh, listen to my command, go and submit. It's going to be uncomfortable for a while. It might feel like you don't have your freedom for a while. It might feel that you don't have the place or the relationship or the work or the, 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 uh, the title that you want for a while. It might feel like freedom is subtracted. But in subtracting something, I am going to multiply something else. And you'll discover when God subtracts from your life, it's not God taking things away from its principles that's in the Bible. He often does that in order that he might multiply something else in another area. God will bless your life this year. Ephesians chapter 3 says, Now him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Expect God's exceeding blessing. Now a little warning and I'm going to finish with this. Does not mean or guarantee that your life will be easy this year. It does not mean that you will be rich this year. It does not mean that you're going to have perfect health this year. Some of God's biggest blessings are disguised as something else. Funny how how we ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, two presumptions. You're presuming you're good, number one. And you're presuming that God is allowing something to come into your life that is bad when when in effect, it's actually something that he's going to use for really good. God is good. God is good all the time. All the time in this new year, God is good. He will be with you. He will be honest with you. He'll command you, instruct you, and He's going to bless you. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for your word. Thank you that we can enter this new year with your word, with promises from your word. We love you, God, and we love serving you. I pray that in every single person listening to this message, that you will stir up in us faithfulness, obedience, love, trust. We love you, God. In Jesus Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. Have a wonderful day. 
Right. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us today. Remember to stay connected, sign up to our newsletter on our website so you can always know what's going on at Life Church, so that you can get connected and be a part of what God is doing through this body. We love you so much and have an awesome day. And this is going to be a great year. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com. And remember that we can make a difference by loving people.